0: Listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonçalves.
1: Hi, everyone. It's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 4th of February 2021. Later, house prices are predicted to fall as much as 11% in some capital cities in 2023. That's according to NAB. We'll tell you more in a few moments. But first to the US and shares there slumped on Meta's profit update overnight. Shares of the Facebook owner down more than 26%. That's its largest one-day drop in history. It follows was a slide in technology shares recently, not just in the US, but across Australia as well. So, for more, I spoke earlier with Josh Gilbert from eToro.
2: Yeah, well, I think it was a combination of a few things, to be honest. Um, it missed earnings expectations for one. Uh, it offered pretty weak guidance heading into the next quarter for Q1, um, as well as sort of lower than expected advertising revenue. So, all in all, it was a bit of a mixed bag. And I think one of the biggest factors was it daily active users. Uh, that showed no growth from Q3 to Q4, um, with active users staying at 1.93 billion. So that basically just tells us that, that you know Facebook is really struggling to attract new users at the moment. And then all of that combined with sort of its regulatory issues and those sort of legal issues made for a pretty big disappointment. And ultimately, uh, the street didn't like it.
1: Has the company fallen asleep at the wheel, especially when it comes to competition? Younger people are moving toward the likes of TikTok. But on the flip side, Meta seems to say that it's on the front foot when it comes to things like the Metaverse in the future.
2: Yeah, I think it has. Uh, Look, I mean, fundamentally, as we know, know, now with the name change, they are focusing on that sort of future growth, but they're sort of forgetting about sort of this shorter term sales growth. You know, we are beginning to see, as you say, younger users turn towards you know TikTok and Snapchat. You know, Snaps results sort of that came out this morning, they were the complete opposite of Facebook's. Um, it recorded its first ever quarterly profit. Its forward guidance was better than analysts had expected and its daily active users grew. Um, so that's completely the opposite of what sort of Facebook delivered. Um, so I think f- Facebook have sort of got their finger off the pulse slightly right now in terms of the here and now. But I think what they'll do is they'll look to turn to sort of Instagram. Um, That sort of sector of the business has obviously recently revealed the Reels feature. I think that's gonna be a really key sector for them to try and really go up and compete with the likes of TikTok and Snapchat. Because as we know, sort of this video advertising is really what sort of steering uh, these businesses at the moment.
1: This sell-off though, how much of it is actually more of a broader theme? Because we've seen this sector at trading at high multiples There's been a lot of growth in the sector during the pandemic. So we're not just talking about Facebook. We're talking about Spotify, um, other similar tech stocks like Netflix and PayPal, for example. And now we're seeing this rising interest rate environment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, of course, the volatility that we've seen over the last few weeks, you know, has really sort of, you know, expanded these losses. Um, It's really made them much bigger than probably what we would have had in a normal environment. You know, you wouldn't have seen Netflix tumble. You wouldn't have seen Facebook. Four by 25% in an environment that we're in right now. So I think the US sell off, you know, in terms of that tech sector more broadly, can be put down to, you know, much more hawkish Fed than sort of what we were expecting. Um, we are starting to see investors beginning to rotate out with growth stocks, as you say, with those high multiples and focusing on sort of more cyclical stocks that can sort of thrive in this current environment. I think what's important to note is that. You know, ultimately, the market is now, you know, starting to price five hikes in the U.S. And it's also important to remember, you know, you said about sort of yields and rates, etc. Yes, bond yields are rising, but this still sort of only remains you know, a fraction of the levels that we've seen sort of historically, which, you know, ultimately we believe will support sort of these above sort of valuations that we've seen. Um, so it has been sort of a really difficult time and earnings season so far it's been pretty mixed but ultimately it has been you know pretty positive in in that sense uh, but I just think you know the, the sort of environment that we're in at the moment um, has only sort of really you know expanded these losses that we've seen from some of these tech names
1: so how is all of this being reflected with Australian technology stocks?
2: yeah well it's absolutely carried over um, you know, the Anything that usually happens in the US, unfortunately, seems to sort of carry over uh, into the ASX. And, you know, the the tech sector has had a really difficult start to the year. um, And that sort of weakness is all sort of piled in. Um, And I I think that will continue, um, you know, especially if we do see, you know, a more hawkish US Fed sort of coming through. Again, that is the risk that we sort of do face at the moment is that we you know are pricing in five hikes at the moment. But if sort of inflation pressures sort of do continue in the US, then we may ultimately see a more hawkish Fed, you know, the Bank of America have said that they expect six rate hikes this year, and some US banks are expecting seven. So it could actually, you know, continue. Um, I I don't think we're completely out of the woods yet. And that could sort of, again, stem over into sort of our ASX sort of tech sector.
1: So those investors looking for opportunities in the tech sector, are there any?
2: Yeah, well, that's I think the key question, isn't it? Um, you know, I think there will still be opportunities for investors in tech. I think that's, that's the key here. Disruptive tech is, is going to struggle a little bit, especially in this environment. Um, and they will be vulnerable to sort of this further volatility and that sort of more hawkish Fed that I mentioned. But valuations have, have obviously now come down, you know, within the last sort of few weeks, again, we're probably, you know, 10-15% cheaper than what we were, you know, at the start of the year. Uh, and I think that will make, start to make some of these names in disruptive tech a little bit more attractive to investors. Um, you know, those higher multiples that we mentioned are sort of starting to come down. But As I say, we're not completely out of the woods yet. However, I think if investors are sort of looking to add tech to their portfolio, I think, you know, a great example is just big tech. You know, we're starting to see big tech as sort of the new defensives. You know, all we have to do is go and look at Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet. Their earnings this quarter you know, have just been stellar. Um, they've shown their power with strong growth forecasts. You know that were ahead. Um, you know showing further profitability. You know sort of down the line. You know these names have ultimately provided that sort of little bit of stability that we really needed. Um, you know at the start of the week, again we sort of had a, a really strong start to the you know to start of this week. It was a bit weaker to sort of end this week with you know, that pressure from from Facebook, um, Meta, should I say yesterday. But ultimately, at the start of the week, Alphabet and Apple and Microsoft um, that started us off you know, really showed um, how strong they are uh, and, uh, like I say, helped support that market.
1: Josh Gilbert there from eToro. Now, the Australian share market did initially follow the US market's lead, travelling in and out of positive territory throughout the day. But towards the end of the session, there was a bit of a late rally, and that's because investors looked toward the US futures, which pointed to a stronger opening uh, as the markets closed here in Australia. So the S&P ASX 200 actually closed up 0.6% to 7,120. For more on the day's action, I spoke earlier with Heath Moss from HLM. Rather investments?
3: Uh, look, we got a soft lead from Wall Street overnight. We had the NASDAQ down over 3%. Um, the SP 500 over, uh, was down over 2%. Um, that was on the back of some weak earnings from Meta or the old Facebook. Uh, they were down over 26% and lost $230 billion in market capitalization, which is a record for a one day loss. So that's what our lead was today. And that's why we're chopping in and out of the positive and negative territory at the moment.
1: I guess that higher interest rate environment has really hit the tech sector of late. They've been sold off. They bounced back a little bit today. Um, Why
3: so, do you think? Look, aftermarket, we got Amazon's earnings out, which were a beat overall and uh, quite favourably uh, seen. Um, Their uh, fourth quarter uh, earnings uh, were quite strong and their forecasts for the first quarter um, were better than expected, especially their cloud computing services. Uh, So that's seen uh, US futures move higher and it's sort of offset those uh, earlier losses we saw overnight. Uh, Profit reporting season also rumbles along
1: here in Australia right now. The latest News Corp and REA Group, REA interesting in that technology
3: space as well. What did you make Mm -hmm. of it? Yeah, REA Group was uh, quite strong. Uh, Their profits were up 28%, revenue 36% on uh, year. Dividend was uh, lifted by 30% to 75 cents per share. Um, this was on the back of some strong residential listing increases. That was up 31% um, during the year. They're seeing strong um, strong demand from buyers and they're actually seeing more supply from sellers as well, which is uh, obviously beneficial to them because it means more listings. Uh, the other side of the coin and headwinds, they saw an increase in costs by 17%. Their core costs lifted. Um, that was mainly on the back of some uh, increased labour costs, uh, which they expect to uh, be around uh, low double digits for the year. So overall, it's a really, really strong um, uh, profit report for REA Group.
1: And the market saw a pretty major sell-off in January. What are you looking at right now? Are there opportunities as a result and in which sectors?
3: Yeah, off 6% in January and still 7% off our highs uh, last year. Look, I think we are closer to the bottom than not. um, Historically, these times have been very good buying on the ASX 200. Uh, So I'm looking, I'm leaning towards value-based sectors and shares. So those shares that do well in a rising interest rate environment. So those sectors include uh, resources, uh, energy, financials and consumer staples mainly,
1: Keith Moss there from HLM Investments. From the share market, let's go to the housing market where higher interest rates are predicted to slow house price growth and in some areas uh, we'll see some pretty significant declines in 2023. That's according to NAB. Uh, NAB's latest property price predictions sees national house prices rise just by 2.7% this year with the leading gains made by Hobart, up by 4.5%, followed by Brisbane, 4.2%, and then Adelaide, 3.5%. But that's for this year, 2022. Next year, when interest rates start to eventually rise and pick up, the bank is actually predicting national house prices will fall by nearly 10%, 9.3%. And the worst two capitals... Sydney and Melbourne. It is forecasting those two cities will see a decline in home values by 11.4%. That's followed by Perth, 8.1%. So for more on its predictions, I spoke earlier with NAB's chief economist, Alan Oster.
0: Basically because we expect to see by the end of this year, further signs that affordability is important. And then we have a correction, or the start of the process of the Reserve Bank increasing rates and when they go, I think they'll be quite aggressive. Now, 11% fall or there a 10% fall across the country might sound a lot, but you do need to remember that we had a 22.5% increase last year and we're basically flat this year.
1: Okay, so given that, that potential correction, right, is that mm-hmm. a good or a bad thing?
0: Well, I'm sure it depends on where your perspective is. Um, I think it's actually not a bad thing in the sense that it sort of teaches people that buying houses is not something to do for the next 6 to 12 months. It needs, I think, to be a four- to five-year investment uh, decision um, and you know it might take some of the froth out, but I think fundamentally it shouldn't cause a lot of problems, particularly at a time when unemployment is going to be low and wages we think are going to be increasing.
1: So given that growth in the economy when you're talking about unemployment Mm -hmm. being low and wages starting to rise, right, are there any fears that borrowers may get caught out over the next few years, especially those that have never experienced an interest rate hike because you're expecting rates to start normalising from 2022 and then continue to rise slowly over the next few years, right?
0: Yep, that's right. Look, I think it depends where you are. As a general economy-wide problem, I don't think it's a problem, put bluntly. Uh, you know, if you've got unemployment, three and three quarters, uh, you've got wages growing at three, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty good environment. But, um, you know, if you happen to bought at the very peak and then you lose your job, then that's a problem. But so it's, it's sort of a micro problem, not a macro problem.
1: Alan Oster there, the Chief Economist at NAB.